and I thought, oh my God, I've become a grown-up in a way that I hadn't expected. I am a married, uh, middle-aged woman with a mortgage and a dependent (laughs) and paperwork. I'm Simon Cecil, and this is Coming of Age. Today, we talk to Sherry Gray. I was probably about 44. Eight or nine, I would say. When I turned 18 years old. 18? I was 25. I was 19 years old. Yeah, and I went, I am an adult. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I'm Simon Cecil, and this is Coming of Age, the podcast based at the Humphrey School of Public Affairs in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where students, staff, and faculty tell us stories about the moments when they felt like they were becoming grown-ups. Today we have our first interview with a faculty member. Sherry Gray is the coordinator of the global policy area here at Humphrey. She's on faculty, so she teaches classes and does research. She's also the coordinator of the International Fellowships Program, which brings scholars from all over the world to study here at the Humphrey School, which is pretty cool. And I would say that Sherry doesn't come off as a rebel. She's extremely articulate, very polite, and quite even. She also has more houseplants in her office than anyone I've ever met. But when she starts talking about her childhood, it becomes clear pretty fast that as a young person, she was very much going against the norms of her family and the norms of the day. I grew up in the 60s and early 70s in dropout hippie Colorado. And in Colorado, I lived in this world kind of divided between the old ranching community, which I lived near, um, military, because Colorado has significant military population, and this was during the Vietnam War, and, and hippies. I used to babysit kids in communes, and that generation of kids that were born in the 60s were the generation of my younger brothers and friends. So it was an interesting place to grow up. And then I had this very old family, established family in Indianapolis, um, deeply proud of their almost 400 years in this country, deeply engaged with themselves as Americans and as representing a status quo, people who were well-educated, prosperous, and had a very strong sense of themselves as we are Americans. And I was always questioning that and rebelling against that. And the idea of settling down and being, you know, a member of society was, was in the terminology of my generation. We were becoming an Archie Bunker. We were totally selling out. And, and, and we were becoming part of the system, part of the establishment. And Sherry Spinner Youth pushing back against those ideas about what an adult and what a woman should be doing with her life. As a young person, she and her future husband lived lives free of savings or debt, racking up advanced degrees and traveling the world. I was in grad school a long time. I, I was in grad school until I was 30, 32, something like that, because I worked on, on two MA degrees and a PhD. And I lived overseas a lot when I was in grad school. I did three different academic years or parts of academic years in China. I went to Nigeria for a while to teach. So I was away quite a bit too. We though moved all the time. We would go overseas, so we'd close up an apartment, throw everything into a friend's basement and take off. We owned only an old car if we had an old car. We violated the rules the way young people do. We often didn't get medical insurance even though we were supposed to. (laughs) We didn't have car insurance, so we just didn't drive our car. We didn't have a lot of money, but it was, it was a great time. And we learned a lot, we had a lot of fun. Sherry says that all of this made her more than a bit of a black sheep. And while she was living rather freely, 
her family had a seemingly endless list of ways that she was deviating from their expectations. When David and I were young and we were living together, the pressure was get married, get married, get married. So we got married thinking that'll end that. And then it just opened the floodgates to graduate from school, get a job, get a house, buy a car, settle down, have children. <laughs> and so I felt like I spent my 20s and 30s kind of rebelling against all of that. I was the one in the family that everyone was saying, oh my God, what's she doing next? She's, she's probably smoking pot. She's living with her boyfriend. She drives 80 miles an hour. You know, she's not ever um, settling down. She won't have children. She's constantly overseas. I mean, it was a whole litany of how I was strange. Even my wedding was critiqued and analyzed. She had a black flower girl. Look at all the diverse people at her wedding. Oh my God, did you hear about that food she had? While her family might have had a long list of critiques of her lifestyle, it's clear that they were also a really important part of Sherry's life. And even as she spent years rebelling against their ideas about how adults should behave, she also absorbed a lot of those same ideas and definitions of adulthood. And I felt like I was enmeshed in a big family that went back many generations. Some of my great-grandparents, I mean, I was in my teens when I, and actually I was in grad school when my last great-grandmother died. So I, I didn't realize until I got older, I think this happens, that a lot of their definitions of societal responsibility and adult behavior and adult uh, and even etiquette came through very strongly to me. So I think more of that is inside of me than I thought. And then in her mid-40s, Sherry says that she looked around and realized that in the space of a few years, she had begun living a life that was much more in line with her family's definition of what it meant to be a grown-up. I realized that a number of factors had come together in my life. I had, within the last year, bought a house, so I had my first uh, mortgage ever. And I'd settled together with my husband in the same place because for many years we lived apart and we constantly moved, traveled, and we had a fairly peripatetic lifestyle. So suddenly we were property owners and settled. And then the third thing that came together is that I have a sister with disabilities. I um, had taken responsibility as her guardian and her healthcare representative in my late 30s, but in my mid 40s, I moved her to Minnesota. I suddenly realized that I was centered. Maybe you could say I felt trapped, but I was centered in a place in a way I had never been, certainly never been as, as an adult. And I thought, oh my God, I've become an, a grown up in a way that I hadn't expected. I am a married, uh, middle-aged woman with a mortgage and a dependent. <laughs> <laughs> and paperwork and insurance policies and and I suddenly looked around and things started to come together and I thought well I have retirement plans and insurance policies I own things um, I have debt and I have savings and I suddenly uh, recalled something that someone said to me years ago when I was young and I was talking to someone and telling them about my lifestyle and they said well you're a fairly free person you have very few obligations you have no debt you have no savings therefore you have very few obligations, you're quite free. And I had no children, and so it suddenly struck me that I was encumbered with obligations at the age of 44. This sense of being rooted to a place doesn't always sit well with Sherry. There's a tension between being able to be there for the people she cares about and the freedom she had when she was younger. And the awareness of how she's living now and the freedom she's missing comes back to her every few years. And Sherry says that she isn't always at peace with that. It, and, you know, that realization coming over me, 
uh, comes back, in the, and so it's been about a decade, and it comes back periodically. Sometimes that feels okay, but I would have to say that I, f I resist it. I feel that I'm doing my duty, and I have gone through options of life and decided I'm not going to change anything right now because of obligations to other people. Um, I feel like now I understand the position of other people better. I understand the, the position of people who are parents, and I understand the position of people who are landlords and bosses and people in positions of authority and responsibility. So there is a part of me that kind of resists all of this at the same time that I'm proud that I have people that depend on me and proud to be responsible. I think if it weren't for my sister and the fact that these my care of her is responsible for her life, I think I might shake things up a bit. I think I might not be fully ready for all of this. <laughs> the passage of time has shifted things for Sherry. She's living a life that looks more like the life her family was always pushing her to have. And yet ironically, by the time she bought a house and settled in the same place as her husband, the very family members who had pushed her for so long to change had begun to get used to the idea that she wasn't going to live her life exactly the way they wanted. And, of course, as time went on, some of those family members began to pass away, and the family that both loved Sherry and pressured her began to shrink. But by my 40s, nobody imagines I'm going to have children. Everybody's used to how I am, or they've died. And, and now it's really hitting me now in my 50s that the family I was rebelling against is gone. Almost everyone, I think I have my grandfather's cousin left, maybe a few other cousins, almost everyone from my grandparents' generation is gone. Everyone from my great-grandparents' generation uh, left by my 30s. And now the old generation of my family are my parents and my aunts and uncles. And that, and I don't have anybody to rebel against anymore. They're gone. Sherry says that there's joy and grief in all this. On the one hand, as she's growing older, the family she loved is shrinking. And that's hard. And yet at the same time, many of the ideas that she found so constricting in her youth are passing away too. And that's something Sherry finds really exciting. I am missing tremendously that older generation I used to rebel against. And I'm missing them a lot. I'm also understanding their perspective a bit more because now you get older, you, you have some of the same, you find yourself in some of the same situation. But there's another part of me that's so excited about all the things that have changed in society. And I'm, especially as a, as a woman, watching the situation for young women, it's so different and so much better than the situation I had. So I think if I was 25 today, would I have to rebel the way I did? Is it the same situation at all? I think now I would be concerned about other issues, but um, in terms of that ability to carve out my independence as an adult and, and a lifestyle that was independent, I don't think I'd have to do that today. And that's very exciting. I like that. And I like this new world. And I love the situation that young people are creating today. For me, it's exciting, it's vibrant, it's going the right direction. I don't actually miss that old society. I actually was a child during those madmen era. I certainly don't miss those arrogant white men. <laughs> and I don't miss all of that whole community that you had to interact in that was so narrow in their definitions of how to be an adult. I don't really miss that, but I do miss my family and I miss some of those old customs and traditions that they carried along that are gone now that no one f carries on in my family. I do miss that. That's our show for today. 
Sherry Gray has an office on the second floor of the Humphrey School. If you like textiles or houseplants or want to talk to someone who's traveled the world, stop by to say hello. Thanks so much for listening and join us next week when we'll hear another story about coming of age. Thank you.